trust the process. Look, if you want to be a millionaire, this is exactly how you do it. And I just followed the exact plan. Buy one house, you pay it off, you buy another house, you mortgage another house, you do this for 10 years, and you become a full-blown debt-free millionaire. Welcome to the True Wealth Investors Podcast, a show all about real estate investing to help increase your income, lifestyle, and impact. for today is Chad Harris, my dad, who is the most jumpy in our family when watching scary movies. When you ask your kids, what's one thing about you that others might not know, be careful the answer. You never know what they're going to say. I would love to deny that one, but it is completely true. Today's episode is the second half to my interview with Stephen Van Kallenberg, The Savvy Landlord. If you missed the first half of this interview, just go back to episode 12. Great information and his story about how he got started and what his background is. But today, the second half of the interview has a whole bunch more information. Enjoy. You know, when I got to 100, I was depressed. And then when I got, when I got to 150, I was like, oh man. Uh, you know, and then I'm like, what am I chasing? I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm staying at the 150 mark. I got a 280 units right now. I got 140 in Oklahoma City and I got 140 in, in Houston. The, the reality is, though, I mean, I could easily be selfish and shut all this down and be completely debt free and live off of this cash flow. But then I, I don't employ all these people either. I have all these people on payroll, rehabbers property managers, general managers, you know, all these people that I provide. And so I just think that it, it's not a, a number or a status. I think it really boils down to a lifestyle. And it's really hard to, what does that lifestyle look like? And I'm a very simple person. I, it's not a fancy car for me. It's not a half a million dollar house for me. And I think that you, you've got to, as a human being, Christian or not, you got to find contentment. And especially in these times, it's been phenomenal for me because it really puts everything into perspective. What mm -hmm. really, really matters. Like what, I mean, like, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I mean, I see all this drama on Facebook and all this. And then I saw people posting pictures pool. They're at the pool. And I'm like, I'm never going to post a picture of, of us in the pool when people are dying. Like, that's just not going to happen. I have a pool. Yeah. Are we using the pool? Absolutely. God bless us with this pool. We're going to have the pool. We're going to use the pool. We're not going to suffer because, I mean, it doesn't cost us any money because it's already there. Like, yeah. Should we install a new pool right now? Probably not. Because I got people on payroll. I don't know. You know, and I don't honestly, I, you know, my one goal is to hit 10 million. When I hit that goal in, in assets, I was like, okay, great. You know, where's this going to go from here? But there's still... Uh, dips and valleys on my horizon, you know, and now I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm trying to figure out at my part 20 years later, I'm like, how can I give more? How can I, you know, books on, can I, can I live on 25% of my income? And I'm not just to say that because I'm some super Christian or I'm saying that some philanthropist, I'm some better person you knew, but that's the great thing that you can do with life when you have real estate. When you have real estate that provides for you, you have options. Now, these people may not be paying rent, so real estate may not be the best source of income for, for everybody. I think that's uh, 
a great reminder though for people because so many people when they they get into real estate it is just about the numbers the number of doors or the the amount of rent that they're bringing in and the amount of cash flow and i think you know naturally or hopefully eventually everybody gets beyond that and starts to focus more on the lifestyle that provides or the the impact that they can have and the way they can give back because of the real estate I know when I was at about, it was like in the mid forties and I'm, you know, I'm nowhere near you. I'm just my little bit of, of my journey. When I was in my mid forties, when sellers would call and want to sell their house, I just saw it as another headache. You know, I couldn't deal with another tenant or anything. So the numbers weren't going to help me. If I, if I got more units, that was just more problems um, because I didn't have the systems to manage it. I think that's a huge point, man. I, I think what you said here that it I, I thought the way I had another headache. But in another oh wow, you you're able to get another house. I think to speak what you're saying, there's a different growth stages in your career as an investor where the way I look at houses now are totally different than the ones I bought. For example, when I go to a house, I I, I really like I haven't been there in six years. So I go see this house and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I bought this. And I remember, you know, at that time, six years ago, and trying to buy any house I could get. And then there was a season where I was like, please, not another house, because they're all yelling at me and they all hate me and my maintenance man sucks. And what can I do? You have to mentally prepare for that. And you, I think, it, you know, I think if we could educate people on really trying to find true contentment and, you know, I think what, what sustained me was a really good book called creating wealth by Robert G. Allen. You know, that was one of the first books right after, um, which Ford had was I started at that time in 1999 was my, when I bought my first property, I didn't, I was so uneducated and I had no money. So I just was drawn to the no, nothing down mentality because I didn't have no money. And so when I started reading, you know, Carlton Sheets and, and, or chart, whatever the guy's name is, and Robert G. Allen, nothing down. I, I just, you know, you can be a millionaire with this formula. And I think that I remember vividly is like, even if I just bought this one house and I held on for 20, 15 years, it's going to be worth this much debt free. And so that's, I think that's where you have to just continue to live in contentment. Like if you just have five houses today, be thankful that you have five houses. Yeah, I think that's huge. Pay them and they're going to, and they're going to lose them all. I just remember vividly when I was at all those stages where I, I wish I had more houses, I couldn't afford them, or I, they got too many and I can't handle them and I have no money. There was one time I actually called the church and I was going to give them all away because it was so it was losing so much money. I miscalculated everywhere and I was falling in love with Jesus and I was going to walk away from this deal. And I've seen people walk away and I don't understand, you know, and I think the greatest thing is, is that you fight the good fight. You keep fighting, you keep rolling, but you need to be content and know that in 15 years, this house, if it's paying $500 today, it's probably going to pay that plus a little bit more. Inflation might be a thousand dollars a month, but it'll be paid off. If you did nothing and just let the system ap- operate. And I think that's one thing that we're not teaching investors is like trust the process. And that's where creating wealth 
they kind of wrote that book in the 80s. He's like, look, if you want to be a millionaire, this is exactly how you do it. And I just followed the exact plan. Buy one house, you pay it off, you buy another house, you mortgage another house, you do this for 10 years, exactly his system, and you become a, a full-blown net, debt, I mean, debt-free millionaire. Mm. I just took those exact print. I just took those. I mean, it's a slow game in my mind, 10 years, but it, it, it inspired me. And I just accelerated that bad boy. All right. It, Cause he was just like, buy one house, sit on it, let it appreciate, fix it up, buy, make sure you buy a three bedroom, two bath, make sure it's got $50,000 worth of equity. You sell it, you get $40,000 in cash. You buy another one, you do it again. It's a mathematical equation. It's phenomenal. If you're into math, it's, it's called Creating Wealth by Robert Giola. It's a simple freaking book. The reality is I just did that times 10. I just 10x that deal. And it just, it just huge. becomes a snowball thing. I mean, that's obviously very wise investing advice at any time. But right now, especially when everything seems up in the air and people are uncertain what's going to happen next week, next month, and really have no certainty what's going on in the future, I mean, the old system, that simple system works. You just stay faithful to it. So with, with the system you're talking about, it doesn't matter if it's an up market or a down market or a buyer's market, seller's market. You just keep ownership of the house and just let the tenant pay it off in whatever market, right? And, and then if, like, it, like, you know, and I remember an investor, exactly. At the time, I didn't understand what he meant. I, I it's just like, okay, I believe in this plan. It makes sense. I'm just going to follow the plan. I didn't understand the mathematical equation behind it until I met someone that has 600 units. <laughs> and then I met someone that had 600 units that was about 10 or 20 years ahead of me. And he's a really good friend of mine. And he used to teach, he, he used to teach in the RIA. And he would say, your house is going to double in 15 years. So I've known this guy for about 10 years, right? So when I first met him, I was only in the game for 10 years. It took me 10 years to be a millionaire part-time. I was just slow, buying one house when I could. And it took me 10 years to be a millionaire part-time. So I ran into him. I was just in awe struck of him. I think he had like 400 at the time, 10 years ago. And he's probably a hundred now. I don't know. The guy's a crazy animal. And he would say this when he would speak. He would like, your house is going to double in 15 years. I'm like, this guy's a liar. You know, I'm like, how's that possible? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm t- telling you right now, it does. And, you know, because if you like that, that house I just bought 40 cents on the dollar. So it's a hundred thousand dollar house. I, I'll have 50 in it is what I'm trying to keep it at. 50,000. It's already doubled in value. I mean, if I, it, it, it now it's going to be worth probably in 10 years from now, 15 years from now, it'll be worth 150. It's just like, if it's just mathematics. It's just inflation. It's fascinating. Right. And it's true. I, there's at least 50 of my portfolio because I've been unloading them, which if you read my book, the savvy landlord, <laughs> I'm like, never sell houses. You have to, there's a massage in here, but I have sold houses for double when I bought them. I, I bought a duplex for 11,000. I think I got like 35 in it, maybe 40 in it. I sold it for 80, just the beginning mm-hmm. of the bubble, like two, three years ago. I mean, it was just beyond, this is when you learn, you know, uh, debt equity and it's like $40,000 cash today 
what she could do with it versus, yeah, I'm making $400 a month off that property because it was a duplex. It was $500 a side or $450 a side. Yeah, I was making about four or $500 a month in, I was making about $500 a month in, in uh, revenue. But man, if you took $40,000 and go to put it to work, I could make way more money. There's a time to sell. Mm. And there's a time to buy. You should, you should be buying all the time. You should always be buying. I will always will be buying real estate. Always. I, I mean, I, I'm actively looking. The, the market is rough right now. There's wholesalers every corner and they're overpricing everything. There's a lot of rookie people. Now they're all gone because of the coronavirus. And it'll be about three to six months from now. I'll be buying them, you know, at, at, at a real price. I mean, right. I got fortunate on this two deals in the pipeline. I mean, it seems like six months ago, I even heard the word contract, but this is where you got to be faithful. You, you've got, especially in this time, you got to stick to your guns. You got to, you got to stick to like, you know, somebody teases me all the time, Steven, it's 2020. You can't buy houses at 2011 prices. This dude says this to me. It rings in my head all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going I'm to stick with the 2011 prices. And he only buys everything at 50 cents on the market, 50 cents. Like, I'm like, and this is how uneducated, I remember when I really got started ramping up in 2011, 2012 was when I really became a full-time investor. And I remember hanging out with another real investor for the first time. And he would say these words to me, I only buy at 70%. And I always thought this guy was a douchebag. I was like, dude, how's that possible? Where are you finding 70% deals? Well, that's my, you know, so funny. 10 years later, that's my mantra. I only buy 70%. I just, I, I, it hurts me. Yes. Sometimes I lose deals and, but they're out there. I bought a deal a week ago that was 40 cents on the dollar. I got the appraisal, a bona fide appraisal, bona fide contract. Wow. Is it possible? Yes. These people they lived in the house. They, they're moving up. They're moving to Yukon. They're, you know, they're probably moving into a hundred something thousand dollar house. They live in a hundred thousand dollar house. That's they, they haven't maintained and it's dilapidated and, and they probably don't have the resources to put new windows in and jazz it up. And I do, and they're willing to sell it to me for 40 for a quick sale. Well, praise the Lord. They're very happy. They're, they, they sent me a text message that blew my mind. Steven, you amaze me. What? I'm just solving their problem. They have a pool table. Did you see that? I put that on Facebook. Hey, anybody want a pool table? I put that on for two seconds. It took it right off because I was getting a hundred text messages. But the guy asked me, he's like, I got some furniture, but I got this pool table. Could you help me? I was like, well, I can't help you with the furniture because of bed bugs, but I can definitely help you with the pool table. And I, I mean, and I gave it away to, and, I, and, I, and I gave it away to someone that, that needs it. So I'm blessing somebody else by blessing me that's going to be a generational legacy. That house will yield me $500 a month with no money down. And I will not have any money in it. And that's, and that's March, 2020. I closed April 20th, 2020. Yeah. The, the deals may be harder to find, but there are still deals. There are always people who need to move quickly or always people where they have a house that it's a problem and money's not their top concern. I think that's a, Good reminder to everybody, just keep looking, keep working at it, and uh, don't, don't overpay just because you can't find the deal. 
Well, and I mean, that's what's happening to these people. And now they're, they're, they have diarrhea because they've been overpaying for the last year and a half. And so I wish I would have documented this stuff, but the, the current status of wholesalers, I, I'm getting four or five emails a day. Now. And before I would get like one a day, now I'm getting five a day from five different investor um, wholesalers trying to unload stuff, dropping prices every two minutes because the ignorant people that were overpaying for these properties are disappearing. Now they're screwed because they got it under contract too high and they're trying to unload it and they can't. Yeah, I'm seeing the same thing here too. It happened quick or it changed quick. Yeah, and I think it's just gonna get bigger and better. With your, you know, with your growth over the years and being where you are now, I know your investing goals are different but do you think there's a, is there any kind of secret to scaling your business? I know so many people when they hear 50 properties or 80 properties or 280 properties, they can't even comprehend really how you get there. Is there any secret from your experience to scaling? Yes. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind are two things. One, you got to have systems in place. You know, I remember I, you know, had like a, an epiphany. I'm like, when I got to 50 units, I knew everybody's name. I knew where they lived. I know their address. I know their name, their address. I could, I could have it all memorized. But one day it's like, Stephen, if you really want to get to 300 units, it's not going to work. You being face to face with people, you're going to have to go outside your comfort zone and do your lead a little bit different, do your maintenance a little bit different. And so I just, started working on better systems so I could scale more. I believe systems is the ideal foundation to scale. If you can't have a system in place, then you won't be able to grow. It's just impossible. So if you don't know systems, ways to do systems, you can hire a coach to help you with systems. You could re- There's not too many books on it. I've, I've, I've researched, there's like three books on systems that are even tangible what I'm trying to talk about, like processes. Is, I mean, there's deep processes and policies and procedures. Every, every, how do you write them? How do you articulate them? And how, you know, what, what goes in them, you know, systems. And it's just, it's just the way you do it. And if you can get, I would focus on my systems. Like, you know, I, I closed a property. I haven't closed, you know, I got these two deals in the pipeline and it's been a couple of months. Like I, you know, it's been a couple of months. And so I was like, man, I started going back and creating a system and maybe, maybe the Lord's preparing me to buy more houses, but I was like, okay, I need to have a draft, a cover, a generic cover letter drafted to the title company for closing instructions. Because in this case, I don't have a realtor. The, the, the seller is going to be a little nervous and they are nervous because they've never done this before. And I was like, Ooh, I got to hold these people's hands. Ooh, I got to, there's no realtor involved here to, answer these basic questions of what's an extract <laughs> like what's a deed i'm like oh 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 so maybe i should have a, a faqs so then i'm like okay i need a system so i created a system of fill you know step one you know get it under contract step two fill out a loan application step three email the title company and here's the cover letter step four give them the information for the title company step five send instructions to the bank on where we're closing and who's the closer. Step six, that's a system. And so, you know, this was all birthed out of me owning several businesses as a child. I've been self-employed my whole life, but with the DJ business really taught me how to write systems because I had a lot of DJs working on a lot of events 
and we were interchanging equipment. And I remember I was on a deck and I unloaded my equipment and there was no speakers. I mean, no, uh, no speaker stands. And I made it through that gig really, fr- really frustrated. But then when my life extremely changed was when I went to a gig and I forgot my pants, my tuxedo pants. And I had to run a Walmart, sweating bullets. And I was about, you know, size 42 pair of pants. So try to find a pair of 42. Well, now everyone's big. So you can get away with Walmart. But I mean, trying to find a pair of 40 pants somewhere, you know, on a Saturday mid-afternoon to black slacks yeah. and a tuxedo, uh, that, really, that really scarred me. And I know exactly where I was. I know exactly what Walmart I was at, where I was. You can't show up to a wedding and say, I'm sorry, I forgot the song. I'm sorry, I forgot my taxi. No, there is no excuse. It's a once, it's it. They're getting married at six yeah. o'clock. They're not, we're not doing this tomorrow. Yeah. So if you take tenacity towards your business, I'm not leaving it the chance. There's wholesalers. And how I got that deal was from a wholesaler that fumbled. The wholesaler actually got it under contract for 37 or sent them a contract for 37, which was like, wow. And when I called those people, they got my number and I was going to, in my mind, I looked it up. I was like, man, I'm going to get this house for 50. I'm like, I'm going to get this for 50. Well, you mean communicating with them and talking to them. I got them to send me their contract from the other wholesaler. (laughs) And so when I their contract for 37, five, I was like, oh no. So I gave them 40 and they were happy, but I was willing to pay 50. Hmm. Systems. And now is a great time to uh, be working on those systems when you're when people are trapped at home and have yes. a little more time in the evenings with everything canceled. Um, it's a perfect oh, it, opportunity to use, make yes. use of the opportunity. So one scale, number two, is start working on your private money. You, you will always will find deals. You may run short. Like right now, some banks, banks are not squirmish today, but six months from now, they may get squirmish. Okay. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, when, what if there's a new president and the new president is anti-banking and the new president shuts down banks? It's pop, not shut them down, but make it more regulatory. That's going to really, first of all, if there's new laws that are written for banks for mortgages, we're going to have a problem. It's going to take a long delay in closing. So to scale your business, part two of the question, one is systems, two is private money. You need mm-hmm. to be prospecting private money now. And that's the only way you're going to scale. I scaled without private money. I've just been playing with private money this last couple of years. You think you could have grown faster with private money? or would have, would have Yeah, absolutely. I would, have, I would have doubled where I am today. I mean, wow. you have 50 units with private money and you've never used a bank. Now you're using banks. I mean... Yeah, it boils down to deals. And I know today in two years, I'm going to be building um, senior living centers. I'm working at right now. I mean, I'm going to be able, I'm going to keep my regular business of buying and doing the single family housing. Then I'm going to be doing a light commercial resident uh, retail. And then I'm going to be building a senior living. So I'm going to take on three times what I've taken on 10, 15 years ago. That's only through system. It's inspiring. So with this, uh-huh. you know, seeing how far you've come over the years and then just hearing you speak, I mean, you just have like goals and ambitions and things. They just flow out of you. You're constantly looking forward. What is, what is your why or what is it that really motivates you to keep pushing and keep striving for more things, more accomplishments? I mean, this is a great question. 
what motivates me now basically now I know this is I don't know if this is going to be hard to say but now I just look for the challenge I just I look for like this senior living I what motivates me now is a challenge what motivates me now it's not the dollar sign it's just the, the possibility can I do it can I be Ben Franklin can I can I be a renaissance man can I can I be that type of individual can I be all things to all the things that I enjoy can I like I just accepted the fact that I finally have money to do this I'm going to build as many Legos as I can <laughs> I, I mean I just I, and it's just it's just it's just a challenge now when I watch these videos and these guys have like you know, these, like these things, they built these crazy things that are just the most amazing, awestruck things. And I'm like, well, I probably won't do that because there's no yield in that. I mean, it's fun, but I'm looking for challenges. I'm not, I'm not looking on putting on a thousand units. That was one of my goals. Uh, as a property manager, I thought that was one of my goals. Uh, one of my goals was to get to 300 units because I got to a hundred. What's next? I got to 150. I, you know, I look at who am I working with? what kind of person am I going to become through this process? And now I only want to work with the best people. I don't want to work with any, any jerks And Facebook has really opened my eyes to how people with um, the coronavirus, the coronavirus, and it just, it just really sheds a light on people I want to hang out with, like the way they say it, the way they handle it. Um, and I just want to work with the best people I'm willing to pay now before I was too cheap. And I just want to take on challenges. You know, I was looking at a new business endeavor where we were going to get into a little bit more providing housing for seniors in a different way. And my staff was not interested in it. And I was like, okay, we won't do that. We'll do it in a different way. But I will build because I'm interested in building because I can see the future. And I, I think that seniors are neglected. And I'm not trying to capitalize on seniors. Like I want to capitalize on them. I am a capitalist. But I think that if we can provide housing for seniors, that's, you know, a partial of their social security, not charge them 6,000, 7,000, but maybe charge them 800 to a thousand, whatever, you know, maybe a percentage, 50% or less of their social security. And they have their own little unit and they love life. And there's a community and they, they can make it through their senior years without a struggle. And I want to, be the provider. Could I charge $1,500 for the unit that them charging them $800? Absolutely. But I'd rather take a lot, I mean a little of a lot, than a lot from a little. I'd rather spread over and encourage as many people. And I just think that I learned that from somewhere, I think it was Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn. He's like, is it better? It's better to have a little from a lot than a lot from very little. Mm. And I know this with this the COV deal, one of my biggest clients, not clients in my coaching business, but one of my tenants is this individual money. I have some business loans with them. They are renting some of my commercial properties. Okay. I am pretty exposed when I was running the almost 8% of my overall gross revenue. And they were the first people that sent me a letter saying, hey, we don't know what's going to happen. Wow. It really just, you know, put it into perspective <laughs> that, you know, because I'm over leveraged with one tenant, it could really, and that's the problem with commercial. You know, people get into commercial, 
it sounds a very lucrative thing. You got to have cash reserves. There mm-hmm. is a down, there is downturns and they're big chunks. Look at all the, the vacant Walmarts. Yeah. Someone owns that property. Someone's paying a mortgage or paying some sort of taxes. They're paying something. Right. Insurance. And so it could be a long period of time. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate, uh, I, I want to treat your time fairly. I really appreciate sure. you being on today and sharing your story and your perspective on investing and kind of what you're looking forward to the, to the future. I know people will really benefit from it. And I definitely appreciate it, appreciate you. So how can people find out more about you and uh, keep in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can go to my website. It's SavvyInvestors.com, S-A-V-V-Y-I-N-V-E-S-T-O-R, SavvyInvestors, plural, dot com. And you go to my Facebook page and I'd love to interact with you. I have a podcast called the SavvyPodcast.com and or the Savvy Radio Show and anything Savvy. And um, I'm here to serve and help. It's been a pleasure. And if you, anytime you need me on the show or any questions, I'm sorry that my story is a long winded story. I didn't, didn't intend for it to go that long. But um, if we want to reconvene at another time, that'd be fine with me. Make sure you go to trueinvestors.com. I can't wait to listen to your podcast and I'm excited that you're edging forward. I appreciate it, Stephen. Definitely. We'll definitely have you on again. Thanks for listening to the True Wealth Investors podcast. Visit us at truewealthinvestors.com to find archived episodes with show notes and links mentioned in each episode. Be sure to click the subscribe button today and leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to share how the show is helping you along your real estate investing journey.